Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I am your host, I am Shemaine Linney, I'm a fitness and nutrition expert, certified iridologist and biohacker and I'm very happy to have you back with me for another episode and I hope you're keeping really warm as we go through another cold stint here in Alberta. Just when you thought spring was coming, like just an inkling of some grass and maybe some buds and boom, snow and cold all over again. I suppose that's what I get for getting my hopes up. Otherwise, I hope you'll enjoy this part one of a two-part series of episodes. We're going to be looking at enzymes. I've been doing some posts about enzymes over on my Facebook page and in my biohacking group this week. Lots and lots of questions about enzymes. And what actually spurred this was about a week ago or so, I was asked if I only had to pick one supplement out of all the supplements I take and recommend, what would that supplement be? And my answer was digestive enzymes. And then people wanted to know why and how, and they just wanted to know more. So here we go. In this first episode, we're going to look at what enzymes are. And then in part two, we're going to look at an enzyme called DPP4. You won't, well, it's unlikely you'll have heard of that unless you've been reading my posts, but um, this enzyme can be a game changer for people with gluten intolerances, but we'll look at that in the next episode. So nowadays, many of us suffer from suboptimal digestion. I mean, we have digestive issues everywhere in society nowadays, and they affect both our physical and emotional well-being. The main problem with digestive issues is the nutrient deficiencies that they cause because the gut can't properly digest or assimilate or absorb the nutrients and minerals. And then people with suboptimal digestion, they will also experience bloating when your stomach basically swells up due to the production of gas and irregular bowel movements. But when we do have these digestive issues, these nutrient deficiencies cause a whole host of problems that people don't quite understand, don't connect the dots from your physical health to your mental health. And people with suboptimal digestion, they can experience bloating, like I said, irregular bowel movements, irregular um, shapes of waste coming out of them, food particles in their bowel movement, they'll experience weight problems, immune system totally compromised when your gut is not functioning properly. You may have skin issues, you may have low mood and concentration, brain fog, irritability, fatigue, low libido, problems with your sleep. Like it's a lot more than just the gas and the bloating and maybe some constipation or diarrhea. Gastric issues cause big, big problems. Many of us will have heard that our gut is our second brain. And I've actually spoken about how some scientists and researchers 
actually now proposed that your gut is your first brain and it's your gut that sends the signals up to your brain. Regardless, your gut and your brain are directly intertwined and connected. If you're having gut issues, you can bet you're having mental health issues from irritability to mood swings to feeling down, depressed, anxiety, um, worse in some cases. So they really are connected and so, so important that we take care of our gut because if you think of it as the bulb where the rest of the flowers spring from, we have to take care of this area. So it's important to optimize our digestion to be healthy in all aspects. And not just what I mentioned as well, also in the gym, how you perform, how you exercise, how you play with your kids, how your relationships are, your marriage are, so, 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 so much. And one of the factors that may contribute to suboptimal digestion is the lack of enzymes. And I do see this a lot, especially in people who have had their gallbladder removed and their hysterectomies have been done. So, um, or they have severe and chronic stress. So what are enzymes? Enzymes are proteins that speed up biochem biochemical reactions in the body. So they're also called catalysts because they make biochemical reactions happen. Enzymes are responsible for about 3,000 functions or chemical reactions in the body. They're very powerful little molecules that can be used in multiple areas of the body repetitively. You can also have enzymes work specifically, as typically each enzyme type has a specific job to do. Um, so we say enzymes help in the conversion of a substrate to a product. But when I'm describing enzymes to my clients, I'm usually describing enzymes as little Pac-Men. And we have thousands and thousands of Pac-Men in our body and they come in and they um, help clean us up. They help functions happen. They pretty much eat up waste products, scar tissues, whatever it is. So if you can think of enzymes as millions of little Pac-Men in your body just going around munching things and helping things work better. Um, I find that's a good analogy and I use analogies a lot to help people kind of relate to what I'm saying. So enzymes are naturally produced in our bodies and they are essential for all of our biochemical processes. Now digestive enzymes, they break down food and nutrients into smaller molecules that we can absorb. And these nutrients, of course, are essential for health and longevity and functionality and preventing malnutrition and all that. Um, before I go on, though, there are approximately 1,300 different enzymes found in a human cell alone, in one human cell. Um, and according to the type of reactions that are required, um, enzymes can be classified into seven categories, which are oxidoreductase, transferase, hydrolase, lysase, isomerases, ligases, and translocases. And we will get into a bit more on the digestive now. So digestive enzymes are what help us break down, absorb, and assimilate our food. So whatever we're consuming. Digestive enzymes are produced by the gut and the pancreas. They break down 
our foods or our macros, like our carbohydrates, our proteins and our lipids into smaller molecules, and even our micros, even our medicinal properties, like our polyphenols and stuff. So these enzymes are really important. And the smaller molecules that they break them down into, they are easier to absorb and transport throughout the body. So digestive enzymes are classified based on what they digest. So that's where with our main macros, our carbohydrates, our proteins, and our lipids, we would be looking at amylase, protease, and lipase. So uh, just to give you a list of some digestive enzymes that help us break down different food groups, you might recognize some of these, you might not. Amylase, I think most people recognize that starts getting produced in your mouth and that helps you digest starches and carbs. Then you've got alpha-galactosidase, which can help with the digestion of milk, sugar, lactose, um, galactose. This is the area where people may think they have dairy or milk intolerances when it really is that they're lacking or they have lower amounts of these enzymes. Then you have your cellulase, which helps us break down our cellulose fibers, which then feed our good bacteria. So cellulase is also really important to have. Then we have our proteases, and these help break down peptide bonds of dietary proteins into their amino acid form. Proteases can also be used in different ways to help clean up the body, clean up scar tissue, clean up inflammation. We've got bromelain. A lot of people will have heard of bromelain. You can get bromelain from pineapples. Um, and its digestive activity breaks down proteins into amino acids too. So another good one that you might see paired with quercetin to help push down inflammation. Then you have glucoamylase, which breaks down partially processed starches into glucose. We have lactase, which helps break down lactase and disaccharides. Um, then we have lipase, really, really important, especially if you're looking for fat loss, but especially if you've had your gallbladder removed or if you've had a hysterectomy, lipase is an important one because it's responsible for the digestion of fats and foods. Um, specifically, it breaks down lipids called triglycerides. You may have heard HDL, LDL, or maybe you've high triglycerides or low or cholesterol. So it helps break down those lipids into fatty acids and glycerol. Then we have invertase, which catalyzes our table sugar, basically. And then we have um, phytase catalyzes the breakdown of phytic acid or phytates. So phytates are a major form of mineral chelators found in grains and legumes. So this is another one that can be important for breaking down starches and grains if you're having issues. They bind to minerals like iron and magnesium and calcium, preventing the absorption of these minerals. So phytase can help prevent that and just liberate a lot more of these minerals into your body to be used for different functions. Then we have um, peptidase, which is a form of protease, so a protein catabolizer. Um, then we also have, let me see, we have beta-glucanase, which digests carbohydrates, specifically, specifically those beta-glucans, which we can find in mushrooms. And mushrooms can be hard to digest if they're not cooked. And then we have astrozyme, 
You may not have heard of astrozyme, but it's a special blend of proteolytic enzymes. So our one of our proteases or enzymes that break down proteins. Um, so it's a special blend, which usually includes extract of astragalus, uh, ginseng and minerals. So th those are just a few. Like I said, there's 1300 alone per cell. Many types of sugars and fibers and starches, they're not easily digested. I mean, your simple sugars generally are okay, like your table sugar, even chocolate, like very refined sugars seem to be quite easy for most people. Um, but when it comes to starches and grains and rices and stuff, humans don't naturally produce enough enzymes or even their enzymes to digest these foods. So these are left for your gut bacteria to ferment, which may then cause gas and bloating, especially if your gut bacteria aren't adapted to these foods or you have some sort of imbalance like SIBO there as well. So supplementing with digestive enzymes can help with digestive discomfort and diarrhea and constipation and bloating and all this sort of stuff. And you can take enzymes in quite large amounts without experiencing any issues whatsoever. I have taken up to 10 enzymes in one sitting and honestly, no issues. I just know that uh, I'm getting the bang for my book when it comes to both the enzymes and the food that I'm consuming. It's something I do if I'm trying to build a lot of strength on muscles. I'll take a lot of enzymes because at that stage, I've usually increased my calories, uh, my food consumption. So I want to make sure that I'm getting every molecule of that nutrition into these new muscle fibers and bone fibers. So what causes enzyme deficiencies or low enzyme functions? Well, enzymes work best at optimal conditions. When we look at temperature and pH and substrate concentrations, your enzymes won't work well if these factors are not perfect. But also we have diet, we have demand. The Western style diets causes us not to put a demand on our body to produce enzymes. If we consume a lot of liquidized foods like shakes and smoothies and frappuccinos like regularly, and I've seen people do this all day, every day, then you're basically telling your body you don't need to produce a lot of these enzymes because I've already pre-digested this food here. Then also when someone loses their gallbladder, that can then be a problem. And also hysterectomy, we see instances of increased issues with breaking down fats and fat metabolism in those that have had hysterectomies as well. I have seen through many of my clients higher instances of cholesterol and triglyceride issues after they've had hysterectomies. Um, but we also have genetic mutations as well which can compromise how enzymes work too. Aging is another one. And then of course, the I suppose at this stage, the be all and end all of things now is stress. Um, being in a constant stress state, eating in a stress state, eating too much, too fast, eating too much of the wrong foods because you're stressed. So our brain and our digestive system are directly connected, like I mentioned. So obviously our mental state can influence our digestion. 
have you ever, I, I don't even need to ask you, I know that you've had something on your mind or you've had something cause you anxiety and maybe you felt those butterflies in your stomach, maybe you've had to run to the bathroom, you've felt nauseous, um, you really, I can't stress enough how directly connected these two organs are, then eating in a stress state lowers the resources available for digestion because you're so stressed those resources are being pulled to the essential major organs for survival um, and it reduces blood flow to the gut when you're stressed along with the secretion of stomach acid, gastric acids, digestive enzymes, the protective mucus that lines our stomach and prevents us from getting infections and ulcers. So stress state really reduces and turns off the rest and digest mode while promoting the fight or flight mode. So um, fight or flight has inhibitory effects on the muscles in our gastrointestinal tract too. So, I mean, I hate to sound like a broken record, but again, when they said stress was a killer all those years ago, I don't think we really understood what they meant, but now we do. If there's too much stress and too much activation of that fight or flight mode or system in your body, then mechanically that will slow digestion down. And if this happens too much, now we start getting more damage to the gut. Now we might develop SIBO. Now we might develop acid reflux. There is a whole host of things that can happen. Um, and stress can change our bacteria and environmental conditions like stress can cause an overgrowth of bad bacteria and even yeast in the body and even other pathogens that people don't think of like parasites and worms um, and then we also one other thing I feel like I need to mention is consuming food or drinks that contain enzyme inhibitors um Milk would be one of this, and then we have the foods, the phytates that I mentioned earlier in legumes and grains that they bind to the minerals. Alkaline water can cause a big problem to the digestive tract. It changes the pH, and I've seen people break out in infections, BV infections, um, and experience acid reflux because they're drinking too much alkaline water and it destroys your digestive system. I know you've heard it's good, but for me and for many years, if you go look back on the podcast episode I did on um, understanding pH in the body, you'll see I've never recommended alkaline water. So, okay, to start wrapping this up, if you have enzyme deficiency, that can lead to many digestive problems like gut issues and allergies and nutrient deficiency and mental health issues um, because the gut health is so intertwined with the rest of the body. So low enzymes will have that negative ripple effect throughout your body. This is why I picked enzymes as my number one supplement. If I could only pick one going to a desert island and let's say on that desert island all I had to eat was coconuts. Well, you want to be sure I'm digesting those coconuts, so I'm taking those enzymes. So we get the good issues, we get indigestion, we get bloating, we get either, either diarrhea or constipation, we get acid reflux. Then we get fatigue. Well, of course we get fatigue because if we're getting diarrhea all the time, then we're losing a lot of water and minerals and that's going to directly affect our mitochondria. 
but also you're going to get the fatigue from the nutritional deficiencies as well. And you know what, if you have nutritional deficiencies and fatigue, then you can guess you have some iron deficiency issues. So iron is very important for our red blood cells, but also for thyroid health. So now you see people with thyroid issues. We also have um, B12 deficiencies. B12 is more important than people think. I see a lot of people take B complexes, but B12 has always been my go-to. Just like iron, vitamin B12 is important for making red blood cells and DNA and cellular energy and maintaining the nervous system. Like B12 is a big one when it comes to neuropathy. Um, so B12 is really important. If the activity of the enzymes is compromised, then the B12 or the ore factor, it won't be effective. B12 won't form the complex that's needed to function in the body, and then we get a B12 deficiency. The next one as well would be a folate deficiency. You will recall folate used to be called folic acid. Now it's referred to folate or methyl tetrahydrofolate, which is B9, um, and it's essential for DNA synthesis. Folate, I was asked about this earlier from a client who has low libido and has been having low mood swings, and she mentioned that her friend was taking folate and she found it helped her mood swings a lot. So folate is absorbed in the small intestine. If you have elevated pH in your stomach acid, that can lead to poor folate absorption. Any change in pH can lower the activity of digestive enzymes. Like we want our pH to be somewhat acidic in our stomach. But low absorption of folate can lead to folate deficiency, which can cause amenia, anemia, <laughs> and elevated homocysteine but if you have issues with anemia and blood flow and oxygenation of the blood of course you're going to have issues with energy and mood and even libido libido a big thing about libido is circulation and encouraging blood flow to the genitalia so if you're having like iron deficiencies folate deficiencies even b12 and you're not getting that nitric oxide around the genitalia well, it's going to be very hard for you to get into the mood of things. So now these are deficiencies. You can, of course, add these in through diet and supplementation. But also you want to consider like, why are you deficient? Are you extremely stressed? Like what's going on here? So um, you also would have allergies as well, which can play a part because the, you get the immune response to antigens and certain foods. So in summary, poor digestion from lack of enzymes, it has a huge ripple effect throughout your entire body. Even if you're eating a lot of nutritious foods, by the way, you can get enzymes from raw foods, but if you're eating raw foods and you don't have enzymes to break them down, that's a whole nother kettle of fish as well. So that lack of digestive enzymes can cause the nutrient deficiencies and also allow incompletely digested foods to pass through you, but also cause inflammation as well. So it's really important to support healthy enzyme levels, especially as you get older, because as we get older, our regulation or our production of enzymes can downregulate. So at this stage, for most people, honestly, 
after the last two years and we've all been living in a state of chronic stress and madness, I think supplementation with digestive enzymes and even betaine HCL, so hydrochloric acid, is going to help most people support and improve their digestion a lot because, um, and then of course your other areas of health. So I think most people will benefit from taking enzymes nowadays. I know there's a lot of supplements, not just me, but other people I've been talking about in regards to fighting viruses and spike proteins and all that sort of stuff. But um, if you only had one, I suppose enzymes can ensure that you're getting the most nutrition out of the food you're eating. But that doesn't mean eat pizzas and donuts all day. Obviously, you want to eat good food. Okay, so I hope you found that helpful. We went through a lot of enzymes there, specifically the digestive enzymes. Um, and I'm going to leave it at that. If you have any questions, please reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram or through my website, shemainsmodelhealth.com. There is a contact me button there. I'd be happy to answer. Um, I hope you all enjoyed the rest of your evening and watch out for part two of Enzymes podcast. Okay, bye-bye everyone.